You are listening to The Scope, Phelps Health Podcast, Episode 9. Today, we're discussing all things primary care. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. I'm your host, Paige Heitman. The Scope Podcast is produced on a regular basis and can be found by visiting phelpshealth.org. Come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your SoundCloud stream or subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also follow Phelps Health on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Let's get started. Today, our guest is Dr. Corey Offit, family medicine physician with Phelps Health Medical Group. Welcome to our show today, Dr. Offit. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're really excited to have you here. So you are the rural medical director of a couple of different clinics here, which is really interesting. So before we get started today, tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of your role here at Phelps Health. So I am a family practice physician. I do full scope family practice without obstetrics. Um, and so I see pediatrics okay. from birth all the way up to senior citizens. So it's a lot of people. It is. <laughs> so all age groups. Um, and then I mainly practice at the uh, Blue Lake Clinic in Rolla, formerly the Bond Clinic. Uh, and then I go out to the Vienna Clinic on Friday uh, during the day and mm-hmm. afternoon as well. Um, and then I'm the rural medical director of that clinic as well as the Waynesville Medical Clinic. Um, so I've been with Phelps almost a year now. It'll be a year next month, actually. So Wow, congratulations. Yep. That's exciting. So how's your experience been the year that you've been with us? I've loved it. Uh, my wife has uh, gotten a job up here as well. She's an ER nurse here at Phelps. Um, and, I mean, we've, everybody's treated us mm-hmm. so well. And it's such so much more refreshing than what we've previously experienced. Mm-hmm. So. Now, where are you from previously? So I grew up in Lebanon. Okay. Um, and then I grew up there my entire life. Mm-hmm. Went to school all through Missouri, um, did my undergraduate at Missouri State in Springfield, majoring in cell and molecular biology, and then went to Mizzou for medical school and then Kansas City for residency. That's awesome. Well, I know that we've really loved having you here, and a year doesn't seem uh, like that long. No, it doesn't. Not at all. Man, that's awesome. Well, hopefully you'll be here for a lot longer than a year. I know that a lot of people have really loved having you as their primary care. We plan on it. We're getting ready to start building the house and everything. Wow, that's so now you are stuck here. Yeah, pretty (laughs) much. building a house. Pretty much. (laughs) So why did you choose primary care as your specialty? So going through medical school and residency, I really just liked a little bit of everything Mm -hmm. and so with family practice i get to do a little bit of everything so i've delivered babies and things like that as well i don't do that anymore Mm -hmm. um just because we have babies of our own and needed to be home a little bit more yeah but i like pediatrics i like managing chronic medical conditions i like doing clinical procedures like with dermatology and joint injections and things like that and family practice is just kind of the best of all of those so dermatology is kind of unique to you, too, because we don't have a lot of primary care providers that necessarily mm-hmm. offer that. Can you talk a little bit to that before we really get into yeah. the show? And a lot of primary care do some dermatology to some mm-hmm. extent. I do a lot of, a little bit of everything, actually, with dermatology. I do manage chronic skin conditions like psoriasis and eczema, but I also do skin biopsies. I do excisions of skin lesions, um, basically everywhere on the body with the exception of a couple places that need to be done by a dermatologist. Which is really cool because we don't have a lot of dermatologists in the area. Mm-hmm. So to know that we have a primary care that can offer that is really, really awesome. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. for insurance purposes around here. Yeah. <laughs> so getting into our show today, can you tell us what a primary care provider is and kind of what they do? So a primary care provider is a physician or nurse practitioner, physician assistant that basically navigates the healthcare system for a patient. Um, they're their first line access mm-hmm. to basically everything. So they manage their chronic conditions and then they also manage all of their preventative care. And then if there needs to be a referral to a specialist of some kind, then they're the ones that 
would then put that referral in and get you where you need to be. Um, they also manage sick visits and things like that as well. So they're kind of a one-stop shop, so to speak, to be able to get whatever it is that's needed. Whenever we say preventive care, what do we mean? So that can be <clears throat> vaccinations, that can be management, like screening labs, screening imaging, things like that. Um, so screening for breast cancer, screening for cervical mm -hmm. cancer, prostate cancer, um, just any of those things that are recommended by generally the United States Preventative Service Task Force on what age group needs what mm -hmm. preventative screenings. Which is kind of cool because from, I say birth to dirt, mm -hmm. from like birth to dirt, everybody kind of needs preventive care. Absolutely. So, and people don't realize too, like what ages you're supposed to do what screenings at 21s when you're supposed to start getting pap smears at mm -hmm. age 30s when you're supposed to be getting yearly diabetes screenings and then at age 40s when you're supposed to do yearly cholesterol screenings. So everybody, like not many people talk about exactly when you're supposed to do what. Yeah, well, and if you don't have a primary care, how are you supposed to know? A lot of exactly. people just don't go and Google, what am I supposed to go get tested for diabetes? Yeah. Especially in rural areas, that's not necessarily top of mind. Yeah. And people generally don't, like, you won't know that you have diabetes unless... Unless something happens. Yeah, yeah. and then or you it, find out you that you have sick. diabetes. Yes. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it's kind of too late yeah. because you've already missed the point of preventive care. Exactly. So how does somebody decide how do they get a, a primary care provider? So generally, you can call the main hospital call center mm -hmm. and tell them that you want to get established with a primary care provider. They will then give you a list of primary cares mm -hmm. that are accepting new patients, and then you kind of just decide. Um, you can ask around. You can look at different reviews. You can, mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of stuff, especially in a smaller town, mm -hmm. is based on word of mouth. And so it's all about, like, what's the best fit for you? Yeah, and a lot of times, too, I will say, um, Phelps Health does a really great job of getting provider bios. A lot of times mm -hmm. we have all of our doctors on our podcasts now yeah. and, or our Ask a Professional radio show. They're out in the community. They're doing things. People see them out. So that way, whenever they go to establish primary care, they already kind of know who they want because yeah. they've seen them out and about. Oh, absolutely. So they're very familiar with them. And then you also want a provider, one that you mesh well with. Mm -hmm. um, that's very important in the physician-patient relationship but then also somebody that is more tailored to what you might mm -hmm. need. So whenever you say more tailored to, to what you might need, what does that mean? So example, internal medicine versus family medicine. Mm -hmm. Internal medicine manages multiple chronic conditions okay. and they're more apt to manage a, like older adults. Mm -hmm. They manage all adults for that matter, but mm -hmm. generally multiple chronic medical conditions. Family practice can, again, see pediatrics, but then they don't have to transition from a pediatrician mm -hmm. up to an adult uh, family practice. And so they're able to see everything. And then family practice also can manage all those chronic medical mm -hmm. conditions as well. So, I mean, it just varies on what is really needed for your particular needs. If somebody gets in with a primary care provider and they've never had one before, what if they decide that like, hey, I really like you, Dr. Oppit, but maybe I am older and I want somebody that's internal medicine. Mm -hmm. How does that transition work? Do they just say, hey, see you later, peace yeah. out? or So they can request to establish care with a new mm -hmm. physician. Um, they can talk to the family friend. Like they, mm -hmm. if the patient wanted to come and talk to me about that, yeah. Like it's no hard feelings. Like some personalities or some, I may just not fit your needs or uh -huh. mesh well with you, and yeah. that's okay. Um, but important thing is just the communication and the honesty with it. Be like, mm -hmm. hey, I'm not really feeling this. Do you mind if I go and see such and such, or who would you recommend um, that I see for these conditions? 
which makes it sound pretty easy because we have quite a few primary care providers at Phelps Health. So mm -hmm. all of our patients, especially our community members, they have a lot of different options. Mm -hmm. So they don't have to feel siloed. Absolutely. Which is really awesome. So let's say that I found a, a brand new primary care provider and I really, really love them, but I haven't went in for my appointment yet. How can I, as a patient, be prepared to go in and have a conversation with this new primary care? So important thing is to know what you're going for. Mm -hmm. If you're going just to establish care, get to know you visit, bring a list uh, or bring in your medications with you if mm -hmm. you can, um, as well as a list of any chronic medical conditions. If you're able to get your medical records from previous um, mm -hmm. health facilities or previous clinics um, that are outside of the Phelps system, because we do have all of the yeah. Phelps system uh, documents here mm -hmm. um, and just make sure you bring all of that stuff with you whenever you come to the appointment. What about ongoing appointments? Because I know for myself, I am very much like a, a type A personality. So mm -hmm. whenever I go into the doctor, I always come in like, hey, here's what's going on with my medicine. And this is like our sixth appointment together because yeah. I've established a primary care once yeah. I started working here. And I feel like my appointment goes very well. Yeah. But what some people may not like or what's different for them is that my appointment's a lot shorter. Because I think a lot of people maybe, they think yeah. if their appointment's longer, it's a better appointment. Which isn't always necessarily true. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know of any doctor that won't spend additional time with a patient if additional time is needed. Yes. And I always tell patients, like, if I'm running late, it's for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, usually if I'm running late, it's because a patient needed me to spend extra time with them. And if I'm not spending as much time in your appointment, it means that everything's generally going well and we've addressed everything that we need to. I don't walk out of a room without finishing answering questions. So it's just one of those things that if extra time is needed, mm -hmm. we'll spend extra time. How does follow-up work with primary care providers? Like what yeah. if I forget to ask questions? Can I call? Can I send an email? How does that work? So if you're signed up for the portal, you can mm -hmm. uh, send emails. You can actually, um, I believe you can also send text messages through the portal as well and that go to our nurses and then those get forwarded onto the provider if the mm -hmm. nurses aren't able to answer the questions. Um, and so you can communicate in multiple different ways. Um, you can call always. Uh, mm -hmm. We do have the call center 24-7 too that has an on-call position. I personally actually take phone call for all my own patients. So if they call the call center, then they get a hold of mm -hmm. me. Why do you personally like to have that personal phone call with your patients? Because I know my patients better mm -hmm. than the on-call physician would. Mm -hmm. And so I'm able to more readily answer their questions. And like if they saw me earlier that day and the on-call provider isn't able to log in and see what I had done that day, they have questions about their medications, it would be a lot easier for me to answer them. Mm -hmm. And so then I know what's going on with my own patients. And looking forward to October and what Epic and MyChart mm -hmm. um, is going to allow us to do, are you pretty excited about the capabilities that that's going to allow you to have with your patients? Very much so. Patients should be able to actually log on and schedule their own appointments. Um, they're able to log in and update their own medication list, their medical histories. Um, we're able to see outside hospital records from um, some hospitals in St. Louis, things like that. Mm. Uh, and so it'll be a lot better access for patients and provide a lot better patient care to where there's less time in the clinic spent updating the chart as opposed mm -hmm. to actually spending time with the patient. Yeah, so you're more focused on care, exactly. which is going to be really awesome. And I think it's going to make a huge difference in, in the patient's um, ability to come in and be seen and get back out to their lives. Absolutely. Which is really awesome yep. because we're all very, very busy. Mm -hmm. So my next question that I have is, um, what's the difference with primary care now that we've gone through and we continue to go through COVID-19? I know there have been a lot of changes. So primary care is kind of the 
epicenter of mm-hmm. COVID-19 prevention. Okay. Um, yes, the ERs are at the forefront right now. Um, and with my wife being an ER nurse, like we've seen that. And it's super important to have a primary care, especially in times like this with COVID-19 present, because it can help prevent you from actually getting exposed to COVID-19. We've had patients be able to call in, Mm -hmm. ask questions, not have to go to the ER for things and be potentially exposed to new patients that have COVID-19. And we've seen that work very effectively in Rala because we've had very few cases relatively Mm -hmm. to surrounding areas. Um, Even smaller counties around around Phelps County is, are having more cases than what even Phelps County is. And so primary care, we made the decision early on with our primary care clinics to cut down the number of inpatient visits, do a lot of visits over the phone via telemedicine and things like that, and keep patients out from being in public just to help prevent that spread. That's amazing. I love hearing you say that primary care is the epicenter of um, prevention for COVID-19, because mm-hmm. I really think it is. If we can keep people safe from the beginning, if we can keep them out of areas or keep them even from traveling back and forth to the hospital, because mm-hmm. they may not just stop at the hospital. They may, as they're going to their appointment, say, well, I also need to go to the grocery store mm-hmm. and I need to get gas and I need to do these 10 other errands while they're out. That's really kind of where I think their exposure lies. Yeah. And so it's also important whenever we see patients in the clinic, we do a lot of counseling Mm-hmm. for prevention of everything. COVID-19 has been a huge one that I've done a lot of counseling with every mm-hmm. single patient on in clinic. We've taken every precaution when we see patients in clinic too. We take temperatures at the door, have screening questions, mm-hmm. things like that. And every patient that comes through the door gets a mask put on. Mm-hmm. We all wear masks throughout the clinic and it's just one of those really important things. And then that patient gets to take that mask home with them as well. To, and we encourage them, mm-hmm. hey, continue to use that mask to wear in public. And Why are masks so important to wear, not just in the hospital setting, but while we're also out in public? Because of the transmission of COVID is mm-hmm. so rampant. Um, and we don't know a whole lot about it. Mm-hmm. Like there's World Health Organization just came out uh, stating and they kind of backtracked a little bit on it's not as likely to spread via uh, transmit or via asymptomatic uh, spread. That doesn't mean it can't. That means it's less likely. Um, and so the masks can help prevent that because they do filter out a certain percentage of those viral particles to help cut down on how much you're breathing in if you are exposed to a person with COVID. What about the people who have a really great argument of, well, why do I need to wear a mask? Because I'm going to be touching my face anyways throughout the day. So. They should be avoiding touching their face as much uh-huh. as possible. Um, the mask still, touching your face is a surface touch that is mm-hmm. not inhalation. And so you're still having to inhale air that the viral particles are floating around in, and that mask helps filter those out. Which makes a big difference. It does, it makes a huge difference. So we should all be wearing our masks. We should. If you are going anywhere mm-hmm. in public, you should 100% be wearing a mask everywhere you go. And what's really cool is like now masks are kind of fashionable. Mm-hmm. I've seen some posts that my coworkers have shared with me where there have been some physicians who have made like really cool masks, but they also now have a tie to match their masks. Mm-hmm. So, so. <laughs> I've got, I think I've got a Kansas City Chiefs mask. I've got a St. Louis Cardinals mask. So yeah, we've got a couple of different Yeah, we ones. can make it work for yeah, us. we can. <laughs> Which is really fun. So we can take uh, a difficult situation and still make it oh, absolutely. fun in, in some sort of way. I say yep. fun. <laughs> yeah. So
So are you offering telehealth visits as an option to your patients right now? I am. Um, I actually see a lot of patients even that drive a little bit more of mm -hmm. a distance uh, to come and see me for various things. And so I have offered a lot of telemedicine visits and I see, and some patients have to be seen more frequently than others. And so having to not drive 30, 45 minutes to come and see me has actually meant a lot to them. Um, and the telemedicine visits have worked very, very well uh, so far. And I mean, patients seem to enjoy it. That's awesome. So how does it work with patients who have to take like their um, temperature or their blood pressure? Do they already have those tools at home to be able to do that? Or do you have to do that every appointment? So they, if patients do have the tools available at home to do those, then we ask them to, and they can actually go in and manually enter the vital signs on their own. Oh, wow. Um, and so there's a couple of different ways that they can do telemedicine visits. Um, one of them is through the portal app. Um, one of them is through email, and one of them is through a text message link. Whenever they schedule their appointment, they decide which way they want to do that. But it makes it that easy, and yep. it doesn't matter if you're 16 or 24 or 65. And a lot of it, too, is we can a lot of times diagnose a patient just off of history alone. Mm -hmm. And they teach us that throughout medical school. Like, it's all about the questions that you ask. And, yes, there are certain things that we would need to see you for in clinic um, if we decide, hey, mm -hmm. I probably need to go ahead and see you in clinic. That way I can take a listen to you, listen to heart and lungs and things like that. Which, again, brings us back to why primary care is so important because of that history with the patient, because you mm -hmm. really, truly understand and know their care. Absolutely. And if you know that care history, you can you can better serve the patient. Well, and like an example of that is I had a patient who had a urinary tract infection mm -hmm. call in the other day, and we did telemedicine visit. And because we had had previous urine mm -hmm. cultures and things like that, she didn't have to come into the clinic wow. to do any of that. We can go off of a previous culture to treat her. Yeah, because you already have that established history. Exactly. It makes it very, very easy. Everybody should have a primary care. Yep. And we've been seeing a spike in new patients establishing because of all the COVID stuff. Because do you think people are realizing now that, oh, I should kind of take care of myself mm -hmm. now just in case something were to happen? Yeah, a lot of people were using urgent cares and ERs as primary cares, mm -hmm. and which shouldn't be the case. Yeah. Um, one, that's a lot more expensive. Yes. Um, it's actually cheaper to see primary care. Mm -hmm. And we do our best to work with patients as well if they mm -hmm. are self-paying, don't have insurance. And we try to make that as cost affordable as possible. Mm -hmm. So if you're starting to see new patients come in or um, new patients establish care, if they can't come in, can you see those new patients for telehealth visits? For the time being, I believe so. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure how that will be moving forward, but because of the COVID-19 um, issues on decreasing the amount of exposures mm -hmm. and everything, I believe we are able to see uh, for new patients as telemedicine as well. Yeah, we have a free pass right now, yeah, which is awesome. <laughs> so Dr. Offit, what other types of conditions do you treat as a primary care provider? Do you have some specialties that you focus on? So I actually kind of dabble in a little bit of everything with primary care, but um, I do a lot of ADHD management for both kids and adults. I do a lot of weight loss management, um, a lot of sports medicine mm -hmm. um, with physical therapy exercises, things like that, as well as joint injections. Um, and then chronic care management, I do a lot of diabetes management. I kind of pride myself in my diabetes care. And then just a lot of pediatrics, well, child care, things like that as well. So pretty much everything. You dabble yeah, in a little bit of everything, yeah. which is good too, though, because it kind of, it keeps you very um, up to date. It keeps you on your toes. Yeah. And then all the dermatology stuff, like mm -hmm. we alluded to earlier, like if people have skin lesions, rashes, things like mm -hmm. that, and are needing things addressed, looked at, biopsy, then I'm able to do any of that. Mm -hmm. And what's nice is able to do it on the spot as well. 
so they don't have to book out a, like, and wait for a referral to somebody else or anything. That's fantastic. How can new patients learn about you or even um, current, pa current patients if they want to learn more about you? I'm always an open book whenever patients uh -huh. want to, I mean, we have pictures of the boys, our twin boys in clinic and everything else, and patients are always asking me how they're, they're doing. And I mean, I tell patients about my personal experiences um, and try to relate to them as much as possible. But then our my bio, my bio is on Phelps Health website mm -hmm. as well. And so, I mean, I'm always open to whatever questions they might have. That's awesome. And that's really good to know, too, that you are um, so open with us. So something else that I always like to say is they can always visit PhelpsHealth.org to learn more about you. And mm -hmm. you kind of alluded to that as well. We have a really great bio about you. Um, you've been on our podcast today. Yep. You've also been on multiple Ask a Professional radio shows. Mm -hmm. They can check those out to really learn more about the services you provide and the type of care that you give to patients. Because yep. I think primary care providers, they really do an awesome job at Phelps Health. They really do. So it's really important to make sure that you're educated and you're figuring out, do I really like my pri primary care provider? Do I want to change it up? Do I know what types of services they offer? Because mm -hmm. a lot of times patients are scared to ask questions, yeah. but they shouldn't be. Yep. And so, I mean, anytime that you call in and if the call center is not able to answer mm -hmm. your questions, you can always ask to talk to the clinic directly as well and ask if our secretaries at the front desk, mm -hmm. hey, do any of the providers kind of manage this or which one specializes in what areas. Yeah, we can feel comfortable asking yeah. those questions. We're all just people. <laughs> they can just call and say, I've got this, this, this in condition mm -hmm. and who do you think would be best for me? Yeah, who can help me out yeah, today? Exactly. So we're kind of nearing the end of our show, but um, I want to ask you one more question and then give you an opportunity mm -hmm. to kind of wrap us up with primary care today. So why is it so important to not delay care right now? So just because uh, like the healthier you are, the less likely you are to have complications, mm -hmm. not only from your chronic medical conditions, but also from like COVID-19 and things like that. Um, patients with chronic medical conditions like hypertension and diabetes are at higher risk of complications if you would develop COVID-19. Um, so primary care, if you have those well controlled via your primary care doctor or nurse practitioner or physician assistant, then they, you're less likely to have those complications. And so getting all those preventative screenings to make sure your blood pressure is controlled, your diabetes, you don't have diabetes or your diabetes is controlled are super important. And that's where primary care starts. Fantastic. Well, I think you uh, did a great job wrapping up the show for us. So thanks so much for tuning into The Scope. If you liked our show and would like to know more, check out PhelpsHealth.org. Thanks so much.